0: Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. This is really exciting today. Instead of doing our monthly panel of female film critics uh, that I've been doing this last six months or so, I thought it'd be a fun thing to kind of start off the end of the year movie list season that you were going to have uh, if I had one of my female female film critic friends on the podcast and we just talked kind of talked about the year talked about our favorites not favorites uh, all that going on and uh, I'll still have my end of the year lists uh, coming up probably in January or the last week of December uh, so but this is just kind of a more casual discussion and uh, so things, uh, things might change, I, we still have a lot of screeners left, but I'm really happy to have a film critic from uh, Screen Zealots. I'm excited to have Louisa Morris here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Rachel. I'm so happy to be back. And it's so nice to see you because I've missed the human connection for a couple months now. <laughs> it's really nice to see you. And thank I you. Know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know what you mean. I, I mean, and even as, as, uh, as helpful as, as podcasts can be, it's still nice sometimes just to actually like see the human. Hi. <laughs> and you know unfortunately we're we're not going to be able to meet up again at Sundance this year because they're doing the the wider city rollout and it's only going to be I think four days here in Utah um and uh so that's kind of I'm sad about that but yeah me too (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) and I was planning on because my 40th birthday is actually in January so I was planning on doing something really fun and, you know, like going on a cruise or something like that, but that's obviously not happening. Oh no, <laughs> well, For 41, 40. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I figure maybe if we're all vaccinated, we can do something fun in the summer. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. I miss the movies. Yeah. So. I know. Really? I know. I've, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, just this whole year in general, it's been a pretty crazy year somehow i have somehow managed to still see 165 feature films wow uh, and uh and and i saw 25 of those at sundance so <laughs> yeah that was a that's a pretty big portion of yeah. that of that list uh but i don't know if you how much you have had to or you have gotten involved in the whole game of requesting previews and early screeners have you kind of embraced all that or not as much
1: i mean yeah like uh, it's weird because that's the only way we're able to see new movies right now you know what i mean so yeah it's been really weird i've been really happy with disney plus putting so much good content out there um yeah so i've been watching a bunch of stuff at home it's not the same as a theatrical experience
0: And it, I, it's just, I hate the whole runaround of trying to get screeners and trying to find the publicity people to talk to. And I know people are probably like small violence or whatever, but it really is a lot of work. <laughs> and it's such a, it, it, it's just frustrating because usually you end up having to contact like two, three people where you finally get the right person. Who's the one that can get you the screener. And, and sometimes that doesn't even work out. And Uh, I was really disappointed because I felt like I was pretty close to getting a screener for Wonder Woman like we were having this back and forth back and forth and then all of a sudden uh she she says uh we'll let you know uh if if you meet the the qualifications or whatever something like that and I'm like oh well that's probably bad news and it is (laughs) I've gotten it I'm like oh you made it (laughs) seem like I was close and then no just that whole runaround. I just hate it. It's, oh yeah. It's not fun, but yeah, it's hard. And, and kind of knowing what to, to make that kind of effort for, like, mm-hmm. for instance, I ended up reviewing the show Utopia on Amazon. And I kind of, when I, when I got the email about it and I requested it, I didn't real. I thought it was a movie. I didn't realize that it was a series, <laughs> and so I requested it. And then I was already kind of committed, so I was like, "Okay, I got to watch this." And it was it was well done, but not my like normal jam. It's very violent,
1: very and dark.
0: Very yeah. Dark. Do you watch it? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't think it got renewed or whatever they call no. it. Yeah. So. But I thought that oh, this is going to be a pretty big deal. You know, it's like so relevant it was almost too relevant i think mm. like people didn't want to deal with all of that in in their fiction
1: it was but, weird it, it, i mean the the whole storyline if anybody's seen that it's it's yeah. crazy if you haven't seen it it's it was a little too hit a little too close to home yeah i
0: think so but going into it, i was like oh this is going to be a do really really well Mm-hmm. and for me and it just did not at all like nobody cared what I thought about utopia which is oh. fine but I was like why did I waste all the time uh, I care I cared what you thought about it oh thank you you're very sweet um but uh but like Emily in Paris that that episode that I did with Kristen Maldonado that did very well and people were very interested in what I had to say about that, so. Who knows <laughs> it's 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 very hard to kind of predict and anyway it's been an interesting year it's been a, a very i've learned a lot mm. from being a critic this year uh, about uh you know the just the whole world of press agents not that I didn't deal with it before but it's been a whole new yeah. level because in the past i just show up for the screenings whatever they're gonna show me all right i'm there you know <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting from that perspective, I feel like, and so we're going to talk, we're going to talk about some superlatives, but also talk about our best and worst at this moment, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's start with one of our, with our, one of our positives, one of our best, what is your third favorite? film that you've seen in 2020
1: oh my gosh i have to rank them this is so hard (laughs) okay so let's go you were just talking about sundance let's go with a sundance movie and this is Uh kind of a very strange bizarre crazy movie called dinner in america oh i've heard of that one you saw that it's a little strange
0: it's
1: sort of a anarchist punk rock um just this just crazy energetic movie unlike anything i've ever seen before so um i love filmmakers that take risks and this is one of those just risky insane projects so that's gonna i'd, I'd say i'd put that at number three this year
0: ah, interesting it's i'm looking at my friend's reviews and they all are uh, giving it pretty good reviews pretty good oh. scores i will have to put that on my watch list I'd I'd really actually love to hear what you think about that. (laughs) Okay. I definitely will check it out. Uh, uh, All right. Well, my number three is uh, when I kind of came out of nowhere, I didn't know a lot about it, but my friend Sean Chandler gave a rave review. He loved it. So of course that made me curious and it is, and I watched it and I loved it. It's Love and Monsters. And I don't know if you got to see it, but I just thought this this movie it uh it's it's you know it's about this apocalyptic dystopian world where everybody's living underground, but then only a few people sort of brave enough to to uh, to go onto the surface. And uh, there's uh, there's because there was a nuclear fallout or whatever. There's all mm-hmm. these mutated animals. So there's like giant toads and giant uh creatures and and so Dylan O'Brien he decides he wants to go and try to find his girlfriend so he goes on this journey and he finds meets all these people along the way and I just thought the movie had tons of heart I thought it was exciting I thought it was funny I thought it had everything that you could really want in a movie and it was just I, I really like uh michael rooker he plays he and, and this girl play this father daughter team who kind of teach him the ways of the of the being on ground and he was really good i don't know it was just it was a charming uh times scary time thrilling romantic uh sweet <laughs> movie end of the world movie so that's my number three Oh,
1: cool. Where can, where can I watch that? I actually haven't seen that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, right now it's just VOD. It's not on any of the streaming services, Okay, but it is on, I just saw on Voodoo, it's 25% off this weekend. Oh, cool. So, uh, you might want to check that out. I, I, I really, I really liked it. It's, it's very solid. And I think Dylan O'Brien does a very good job. I mean, I liked him in those Maze Runner movies, but I, I think, that this is the first time I've really seen him, where I'm like he could be a star.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: He was very good, and so that's my number three. Uh, and I wish I I had been able. It did actually come to the theaters, but I here in Utah, uh, but I didn't get a chance to see it in there. I just saw it at home. Uh, but and of course I had I was watching a screener with my name watermarked in the middle of the movie. I know, I'm what? like ah. <laughs>
1: it's kind of fun though because it always looks like you're either the star or yeah. you're, maybe
0: the, I'm like oh I know and again I know small violins I get it I know. Uh, it's very very lucky to be able to watch it but yes still uh, but yeah that was my number three favorite okay. so let's now talk about a movie that surprised you I mean I guess that one did surprise me but What's another, you would say, was your biggest surprise that you didn't think you would like and then you ended up liking?
1: Well, I have a few, but one that I think I know it did really well at the box office before everything kind of shut down, Uh The Invisible Man. I was Mm. really surprised with that. I thought it was going to be another, you know, just throwaway reboot and just stupid, but it was actually... Pretty pretty good. It was frightening, you know, scary, thrilling, great performances. So I was really, really surprised with that one.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. I liked it too. I, and I'm normally not a horror person. Another mm-hmm. horror movie that I liked a lot more than I thought I would was movie Relic. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was really good. The way that it kind of captured the uh the the kind of panic of dementia. Mm-hmm. And when you're living or when you're dealing with trying to care for somebody with dementia and all of a sudden they don't know you they don't know they're sort of a that's like kind of terrifying in a way and sad at the same time and i thought this movie really captured that as well as just being a genuinely pretty scary movie and uh so i i i liked relic quite a bit and I wouldn't have guessed that because I'm not a horror person. <laughs> um, another one that I liked way more than I thought I would uh, is On the Rocks. Oh yeah, I like that too. Yeah, yeah. that one made my top 20 of the year. I, I'm normally actually kind of not that high on Sophia Coppola. Uh, I, I didn't like her uh, The Beguiled. That wasn't my favorite. Um, Marie Antoinette. I actually haven't seen lost in translation so i probably you know i need to see that eventually that's a blind spot of mine but i don't know normally i just find her stories kind of slow and difficult to be to get invested in the characters and i in on the rocks i was just so charmed by bill murray i think if he if he were to win the oscar for it I, I wouldn't be sad. I think he gives a great performance and uh, I think he's funny and frustrating and uh, charming. And I just really really loved, loved him in this. And I don't know, I just thought the movie was really sweet and really charming. I
1: agree with everything you said all the way from Sofia Coppola to Bill Murray. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
0: All right, yes. Uh what about did you have any other surprises? Um, let's see. I was actually pleasantly
1: surprised in a little movie called Half Brothers. I don't know if you've been able oh, to see that. that. It just like came out, I think, with video on demand maybe a week or two ago. It's a really, really cute movie about two Mexican brothers who meet for the first time as adults. And it's I mean it's oh, yeah. It's, okay. It's, I remember seeing that. About, I mean yeah I remember seeing the ads for that Corny, super corny and you know they're polar opposites but it's just right now it was so nice to see something kind of heartwarming and charming and I actually really recommend that if you like kind of little feel-good movies it, it was actually really surprising pretty mm-hmm. good
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some disappointments well talk, maybe we'll go back there to surprises but I have to say even though I did give it fresh I didn't I thought I would love it, and I I shouldn't have had such high expectations because Robert Zemeskis has been so disappointing for a long time. Uh, but I don't know. I just I the trailers I thought which the witches was going to be much better than it was. I still liked it just a hair enough to recommend it. I thought it was like fine, I guess. But <laughs> I was I was real because I love the 1990 uh, adaptation. I love the book. And I don't know. I just, I was just like, Oh, you had all the pieces to make something great. And why didn't you make something great? I don't know. I
1: know. And I feel like sometimes I'm tough on either a story or a franchise that I like, or a director I like, or a writer. I, I feel like maybe I set my expectations too high, but there's, it's never good when it's a disappointment like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was passable entertainment for children, but it wasn't scary like at all. And the original is really scary, I think, mm. for kids. And uh, it, I don't know, it just, it was just very bland. And why, why didn't he make it fun? Why didn't he make it special? And especially when you have Octavia Spencer, you have Anne Hathaway there's no excuses.
1: <laughs> See, exa- that's what I'm saying. Like even the cast too. Like you have to hold them to a higher,
0: higher standard than that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, another one that was disappointing even though I did give it fresh because I, I thought it was beautiful enough to be worth a watch, but it was it's one of my lowest fresh Ooh. movies of the season, I guess, was Wendy uh, with uh, this I saw at Sendance by mm. Ben Zeitlin. And I you know, I loved Beast of the Southern Wild. I thought that was really beautiful. and that's the strength of this movie. That's why to recommend it, the, the use of music and the cinematography uh, is beautiful. But the attempt to kind of do a, I don't know, this sort of modern take on Peter Pan. Um, it, it comes off a little bit cold especially because it's children and they're they they kind of run away from their very kind mother why they did that I have no idea Mm -hmm. and uh and then the things that happened to them seem kind of I don't know it was just there was just no whimsy in a in I feel like a modern day adaptation of Peter Pan should have a little bit of whimsy
1: absolutely (laughs) yeah
0: and I don't know did you get to see this one I did yeah yeah I
1: I mean you're you're right on that one I wasn't and I, I love Disney, and I even love the Peter Pan story, but there was something just so off-putting about it. It's very yeah. It it's just,
0: yeah. I the more I thought about it, the more I've kind of like probably should have gone around on it. But I don't know. I've gone back and forth. Like it is beautiful. So if you watch it just for that, then yeah, I don't know. But uh, but that's that that was a disappointment for me. Mm-hmm. Um. What about you? Did you have any others that you were real pumped for? And
1: I mean, I think that's actually a really good one. Yeah. Um, I think like um, as far as I know, you love animation as much as I do, and I was kind of disappointed in Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. Oh yeah. That let me down a little bit. I think it was one of the rare misses from Ardman Animation. Um, uh, it just the the alien character was unappealing to me. Did you see that one? Like you know, the little octopus thing. Yeah.
0: I really enjoyed it, actually, uh, but I, I can see. I mean, their last movie, Early Man, I didn't really like. Yeah, and I thought that one was the miss. So, yeah, they can they can have their misses for sure.
1: But again, I mean, when it's I love Sean and it's a character I love, and yeah. I, you you have high expectations, and then that happens. So that was that was a big disappointment this year for me. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's do our third worst we talked about disappointments talked about surprises so third worst from the bottom
1: (laughs) no i told you i brought
0: notes like oh good good
1: today i have notes i mean do you want to go first
0: (laughs) yeah i can go first uh my third worst is uh from the wonderful folks at happy madison it's the wrong missy (laughs) (laughs) And when you make a movie that has one of the most obnoxious characters that I've ever seen uh, in a movie and you have the main joke is her falling and hurting herself and getting injured and pretending that David Spade is some kind of Lustful sex object in the eyes of all of these gorgeous women um, is just ridiculous. And when it comes down to it, it just didn't make me laugh. I didn't think it was funny. I thought she was incredibly annoying, and uh, so (laughs) that is why it is at the bottom near the bottom of my list. I really didn't like it. I mean, I actually, I I don't have Adam Sandler's actual. Movie, who be Halloween very high, but Mm -hmm. I would way rather if I had to pick, which am I gonna watch, who be Halloween or the wrong Missy? I'm picking who be
1: Halloween all time. Oh, I mean it's like Citizen king compared to the wrong Missy. So that's right. Funny. (laughs) I mean it's kind of funny and stupid, but yeah, that that's a really well. I guess it's a good bad pick for your third worst.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you?
1: I I feel so bad like saying you know I don't even want anybody to ever seek these movies out because they are just so horrible yeah they're not so bad it's good I feel bad saying it because they're all three equally bad so number three I'm gonna go with the Jay and Silent Bob reboot Um, oh yeah Kevin Smith he doesn't you know he doesn't have a great track record for great movies but this one was just horrible it's packed with insider jokes you know stoner humor that's not funny and it's just it honestly was just a complete waste of time yeah even even if you're i never saw it smith like yeah even fans of kevin smith aren't gonna like this movie it's so bad so bad
0: Mm, that's frustrating that's frustrating um yeah so then my oh wait well let's do now let's be positive and let's do our our top our second favorite (laughs) My second favorite movie of 2020 is the new adaptation of Emma. And I am not a purist when it comes to Jane Austen adaptations or really almost any adaptation. If it's done well and executed well, then that's fine for me. Um, In this, I felt like they were true enough to the source material while also bringing their own creative energy and their own spirit to it i felt like you could see a little bit of influence the influence of the favorite mm-hmm. in this uh interpretation there's just a little bit of that sort of um acerbic wit you know kind of to it which i appreciated i mean there is the, certainly that in the novel but uh you know i love period pieces uh, for the most part and earlier in the year we had the extremely disappointing Sanditon uh, that was on PBS. Uh, that is, was the they had the, the Jane Austen's unfinished novel, mm-hmm. and they finished off the second half of the the novel, and they did it terribly. <laughs> it was terrible. I hated it. And it was extremely beautiful to look at, but extremely disappointing. And so I I uh, really appreciated when I uh, I got to see Emma. And I actually saw it three times in the theater before everything closed down. It was the last film that I saw before the shutdown in the theater. And I saw—I went with my mother one point, one time, one of those times. So that's fun. And I don't know. I just—I really. So it had all those personal experiences, but I really thought it was funny. I thought it was romantic. I really liked Anya Taylor Joy in the role. I think that it's a—it's tr- a tricky role because she's definitely jane austen's least likable heroine emma and Mm -hmm. because she's trying to kind of control everybody's lives and and what you have to consider is that emma as a character had probably had very limited social interactions previous Mm -hmm. to uh mrs weston getting uh getting married and she probably would have mainly associated with mrs weston and her father and mr knightley and so and her sister uh and so for her to all of a sudden be have this kind of social coming out in a way I I think it made sense and I felt uh, I really liked little moments like when she's crying in the window and her dad is just completely useless and being able to help her (laughs) and I'm like that's very true (laughs) true to those characters and I love Mr. Knightley in this I loved when he's like he's so upset and you see him like flailing about like on the floor he's like ah that was great and I loved the music I thought that was really good I loved Harriet in this I think that Mia Goth did such a good job it's definitely my favorite interpretation aside from maybe Brittany Murphy in Clueless but uh but I I just I just really enjoy it I've seen it many times since and uh it's, so it's my second favorite movie of the year
1: Oh, I can tell, like, you're just your love for that. It makes me yeah. so happy. So yeah. maybe I'll give that another rewatch. Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm a huge Austin fan. I'm a big period piece fan for the most part. They can be done badly as anything, uh, but uh, but yeah, I uh, uh, I know a lot of people were like, why did they do certain things? Like when she's has her nose bleed and everything. But I was just kind of like, I like it. It's different. It's yeah, creative. Right.
1: see like yeah. different when you watch as many movies as we do something uh-huh. different or an unexpected casting choice or anything just mm-hmm. really stands out and
0: you appreciate it more yeah agreed and i'm excited to see what this uh, uh, autumn de wild i'm excited to see what she does next i think it was a really strong uh debut uh movie to do yeah so what is your second choice so my second
1: choice, I think I'm not, you know, I'm not actually sure if this will surprise you or not, but my second choice, I'm going to go with the upcoming Disney Pixar's Soul.
0: Mm, yeah. Have you know, I, I really have really seen it. I've one. seen it twice, actually. It's a really interesting film that I'm, I definitely liked. I'm mm. still kind of working through it. I feel like, and I I think maybe part of it is I was expecting it to be more like inside out because that's Pete doctor's previous film. It's, it was advertised kind of like it was going to be that, but I really don't think it's anything hardly like inside out at all. Uh, it's way more, um, it's way more existential. It's way less kid-friendly and, I'm very curious to see what will happen when people get a chance to see it.
1: Me I, too.
0: I, 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 I kind of wonder if it's gonna be one of those, and maybe people will love it. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a movie that has a low audience score on a high critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. That would not surprise me at all because it's challenging. That doesn't, I, I'm not saying that is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a challenging film.
1: It is. And maybe that's why I like it because I haven't, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I had a Pixar film in one of my top 10 movies of the year, maybe Mm -hmm. back with WALL-E, maybe. I mean, it's been a really long time, but this one I liked because, you know, as an adult who loves the art form of animation, so often animated movies just don't respect their audience. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is a throwaway babysitter. It doesn't matter. But this movie has so many complex issues that just like you said it is very existential in a way and I'm I'm really curious how families are going to react to this but yeah I,
0: it's beautiful the animation
1: yeah. oh is amazing it's beautiful. beautiful the animation
0: is beautiful and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of reminded me more than of Inside Out it kind of reminded me of World of Tomorrow by Don Herzfeld. Mm-hmm. I think it has almost more of that energy over the 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 energy of inside out because inside out has riley it has all the the things that she's interested in to kind of ground it for i think for children versus this which is about a you know what 40 something old, older older yeah. it's about um,
1: like what are you gonna leave behind when you're gone does your
0: life matter yeah. i mean
1: it's, yeah it's really sort of like a gut punch with what's going on right now I know
0: and and the whole idea of I, I, I said I, I was talking to a friend and I said it's kind of like uh the anti-lala land and that that might sound weird to say but because La, La land is all about supposedly that abandoning everything for your dreams is is worth it right because you're you know you got to take that you, you got to pursue your dreams and that's that's a, kind of an ultimate good and, uh, and with, in here, there's a real debate about whether him, him, the, the him pursuing music has mm-hmm. been a good, a good thing in his life. And that's really questioned in a way I've almost never seen questioned in, yeah. a, in a movie, because there is like, is that actually his spark? I don't know. And I think that the movie's kind of saying that you can get lost in in the pursuit of dreams and you can lose so much and uh and that's that's a bold thing to say it's really
1: heavy but if anybody this is coming out on disney plus christmas day watch Mm -hmm. it it's not heavy you're not gonna sit there i mean no
0: no yeah
1: it sounds like it's so depressing and you're
0: just gonna hate it but give it a try i
1: absolutely loved it so yeah
0: it's it's not heavy it's Mm -hmm. just it's just not the most kid-friendly, I wouldn't say. No, no, I don't, but, I don't
1: think it's for kids, really.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. And I actually mm-hmm. think kind of Disney Plus, in a way, is kind of the best spot for it. Mm.
1: Because
0: I think that it's kind of movie you sort of want to have some time to maybe even pause and think about what you've just seen and kind of maybe even write in a journal I think that could be a really good thing for this movie so I but I'm so curious to see what people say say, because I I think it's going to be very interesting to follow um one movie that to talk about surprises that ended up in my top 10 that has a super high Rotten Tomato score, critics love it, but I feel like nobody is talking about it, Mm -hmm. is the movie Spontaneous. Have you gotten to see this Spontaneous? I have not, but I'm very curious. Yes. So it has like a 98%. So the critics who do see it seem to have liked it. And mm-hmm. it's got Charlie Plummer in it, who I think is just such an incredible young actor. He, he did words on bathroom walls, which I really enjoyed this year. And then he did this spontaneous and he, I, I really think he's the next Leonardo DiCaprio. He is such a talented young actor and he is picking really interesting projects which i like to see uh he also did lean on pete in mm-hmm. 2018 which i absolutely loved uh and uh so uh, anyway this has catherine langford who also i think is really interesting and you know kind of picking interesting interesting projects and uh, it it's a it's a very weird movie it's about it's this dystopian world where all of a sudden this high school, these kids in this high school, all of a sudden they start exploding (laughs) with no warning. Like (laughs) 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 And so so they start, Catherine Linkford and Charlie Palmer start having this romance in the midst of this world where they don't know if they will explode at any moment at any time. Oh my God. (laughs) But there is like a sense of humor to it it's not making light of things like it's actually has some traumatic moments as well but it also has some lighter moments too and I don't know it just really it's one that's really stayed with me when I first thought it it was like what do I think of that and then the more I'm like wow that was really I really like it so (laughs) check that out that sounds really really interesting yeah (laughs) people should it's definitely <laughs> one of the most under the radar kind of movies that I the um let me see if it's, if it's still 98 percent uh movie let's I'm see curious. yeah net yep still 98 percent wow. 57 reviews or 50 reviews so mm-hmm. there you go anyway so that's that was a big surprise uh, it is R rated, so it's. Uh, but you know, how are you gonna do? <laughs> how are you gonna? Do? Yeah, exactly. People <laughs> just spontaneously exploding. <laughs> it's gonna be rated R. Um, and uh, and then I will say that, I another disappointment for me just came out on Disney Plus with Godmothered. I thought that it looked really cute. Um, it has Jillian Bell, Isla Fisher about this godmother coming to, you know, coming to earth early and she's not very good at what she does. But that's like all they had. They had a concept and it made you realize how funny movies like Elf and Enchanted are because yeah. those movies actually have lots of different jokes plus music, plus, you know, whatever. And in this, it was just the same joke over and over and over and over again that oh, she's bad at being a godmother. Okay. They yeah. didn't give her anything funny to do beyond that initial gag. Like it could have worked as a SNL skit, like a short little skit about a bad g- godmother could be funny. But for a feature film, honestly, if I wasn't reviewing it, I would have just stopped watching. It was boring. It wasn't engaging. So that one was a i didn't like it i was also disappointed in artemis fowl i think that that had so much potential so many good ingredients but it's like they only told it's like somebody introducing you to a bunch of stuff and then never telling you a story it
1: was so bad i mean that's i I don't want to spoil it but that's on my worst of the year list so like yeah it just oh it just it's sort of like a harry potter ripoff that just sucked all the fun and magic out of it but i don't think i know anybody who likes Artemis. who like that no like
0: the nostalgia no. I,
1: I personally know not one person who enjoyed that
0: and i read the book in pre in preparation for it mm-hmm. and so i i was i was like there's so much potential and you had all of these pieces you got all this talent you had all this budget like there's just no reason you know, like other movies, I can be, I can be like, okay, I get it. Why it didn't work. You were trying something, you're doing something. And in this case, I just don't understand why they didn't make a better movie. <laughs> Not I everything.
1: That's, that's <laughs> I mean. why things like that are so disappointing when the, you know, the bones are there. There's everything, yeah. you know, just like you said, the cast, like everything should have just been magical and perfect. And then they blew it on the most colossal level ever. Like, it was just, It's a terrible movie. Don't watch it if you haven't seen it. We're saving you time. Don't watch it.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, another one that I I cause all this controversy because it got all politicized, but uh, Hillbilly Elegy for me, I did not care for it at all. I don't think that it told the story of of a person coming out of poverty. I think it just told stories about how horrible it is to be in poverty with a drug addicted mother it it it, i didn't get the sense of this this was some kind of triumph over adversity narrative i thought it told that very poorly and i'm a fan of that like i would way rather watch something like october sky say sure yeah you know homer hickam getting out of this this town and 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 following his dreams like that i'm fine with i love it But this, I just felt like it was just wallowing in these people's misery for nothing. What was I learning from it? I have no idea.
1: Completely agree. And I grew up in a very small rural town in the South. And a lot of my friends who maybe even watch one or two movies a year really responded to this. And it's weird to me because I mean, it's just objectively just a bad movie not even just the themes or how, how, you know, the book was, was um, adapted for the screen. It's just, it's just not a good movie. And I agree with you. I did not see any kind of
0: triumph over adversity. It was, yeah. it was, it made me feel bad. Yeah. I just felt like, I don't know, what are they, what are they trying to teach me about these people? What am I supposed to learn? I, I they didn't, it didn't give me anything. I don't think. And so I, I I really didn't enjoy that film, um, but let's talk about one of my my second from the bottom is actually not Artemis Fell or Hillbilly Elegy. I might have spoiled your bottom two. I don't know, but uh, there. But my second from the bottom was a film from Sundance that I really didn't like, and it is called Horse Girl. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh, that's
1: terrible. That's on my worst list too. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, there, there's, in, in, as opposed to some of the other things that we're talking, about, there was real effort here. Definitely. Yeah. Like they really tried, mm-hmm. but I just found the whole thing just so insufferable and annoying and frustrating. And granted, when I saw it, I was tired. It was the end of a long day at Sundance. If I was watching it at home, maybe I might've liked it a little bit, more no. maybe, but I just found it so unpleasant and irritating. And, and it just, it wasn't satisfied to just sort of tell a story. It had to be, uh, just laying on the metaphors again and again and again and again and again and again. And, and I just really disliked it.
1: I, I did not like it either. And I was refreshed and ready to go when I saw it. And it was just, just a bad movie. And, you know interesting when you mentioned words on bathroom walls which sort of dealt you know with schizophrenia and and mental issues and this movie tried to do that but it was just so unpleasant and just uh, couldn't get its point across so I completely agree with you on that one that was horrible yeah
0: horrible so what do you have a second from the bottom that was actually on my list (laughs) 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 um yeah we, yeah we pretty much talked about the ones that were on my worst list so. yeah <laughs> okay well That's so your number one though yeah so number one my favorite movie of the year is wolf walkers from tom moore i love cartoon saloon i think all four of their movies have been masterpieces and they don't use that word lightly uh his three movies i have loved uh, and I, I think there's an argument, a case to be made that this is the strongest film. I'm the most personally attached to song of the sea, uh, because song of the sea, I saw about a month after my cousin passed away, leaving two little boys. And so little Ben in song of the sea longing for his mother really like hit home a lot. Um, so that one will probably always be my favorite but i just love the humanity in his films i love the animation it is so beautiful the use of music is so beautiful and i just loved these two girls in this story and their bond and uh, i i just adored the film it is it's close to something in my opinion something perfect that i saw the whole year
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, it is it is a beautiful movie. And I love the trend of the strong female characters. And this kind of carries that on. It is mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. The music is just enchanting. I kind of want to go watch it again right now, now that we're talking <laughs> about it. Yeah. That is in the animation again, completely different from the animation in Soul. Completely different. Yes.
0: Yeah. Totally different. And it was really interesting. I was actually because I I interviewed Tom Moore uh, in uh, after because I had such a strong reaction to Song of the Sea. I was able to I interviewed him, and uh, so I follow him on Twitter. And he he saw Soul and he was just like, "Wow, that's an amazing." a work of art and so anyway i was talking back and forth with him because uh, about it and and uh, about uh, you know that they're just such different experiences mm-hmm. and so that's why when people claim that animation is a genre i'm just like no there's mm-hmm. there's really all different it's just a medium to tell stories yeah. it's not a genre completely can... agree see yeah. real
1: animation fans get that
0: yeah you can you can tell any genre in animation. You can yes. do horror in animation. You can do uh, you can do family film in animation. You can do adult animation. You can do anything that you want mm-hmm. uh, with the animation. You do claymation. You can do, and so I just absolutely adored it and i think that it is worth paying signing up for the seven day free trial of apple plus just to watch this movie and then cancel your account sure, <laughs> it's I, worth I, it I, yeah so i for think
1: this is going to be interesting too when it comes to award seasons so The award season i think that there's going to be an animation kind of yeah you know, be soul and wolfloggers i haven't seen have you seen a lot of animated movies this year that even came close to those i um
0: yeah, I actually think yeah. it's been a pretty strong year considering the year that we've had mm-hmm. of animation. Uh so I I personally loved Over the Moon. I know a lot of people were kind of in on it. I really enjoyed it. I actually really loved Farmageddon. Uh I thought it was so charming and sweet. <laughs> so that's fine. That's fine. Um, I liked Onward. I know it had kind of mixed response, but I thought it was sweet. I enjoyed it. Um I I liked uh, the, in the world of anime, there were two pretty, sh- a couple of strong an- entries. There's uh, My My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, which I think if people gave it a shot, I think a lot more people would like it than think that they'll like it because they do a great job of summarizing what's happened in the series mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. So you, you are clued in, you don't feel lost. And it's a really, fun story about these teens that are learning how to master their superpowers and and uh, then they come up against this uh this evil uh that's that's because they have these quirks mm-hmm. and there's this uh villain who is amassing all of the quirks and sort of stealing all of their their powers basically and then they have to go up against him and and kind of like similar to like Thanos with the glove, you know, mm-hmm. idea, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Then there's also Lupin the third, the movie, um, which Lupin is a longstanding series in the world of anime that's been going on since like the seventies. It was actually Hayao Miyazaki's very first movie that he ever did was a Lupin movie. And so this one takes it into the world of um, computer animation. And it is very well done. The action is beautiful. It's right up there with Spider-Verse as far as the flow and the movement. The story isn't as good, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, that's sort of my thoughts of animation. Those are the, the, my thoughts on this year. But I think that the, I, I think that Wolfwalkers and Soul are kind of on their own as far as on another, another level than the rest of those sure they are really interesting special films so anyway what is your number one I'm
1: pretty sure it's a movie you don't like so this should be really <laughs> really fun yeah. you probably know what it is because we talked about it at Sundance and that is Miranda July's Kajili- your
0: favorite of all year I Loved it. yeah I loved it yeah. yeah what did you like about it um
1: okay so I you know I saw it in January and I just thought it was just probably her best work she's ever done Uh and I watched it again like post lockdown and it took on a different meaning for me and this is why i I reflected on it and liked it even more than i did the first time i saw it Uh because the whole movie is about finding human connection like the longing to just like have something and and somebody that's something that's missing in your life and now it just it seems so profound now like watching it after all this um it's i know it's an acquired taste like her writing and her style is so quirky and bizarre but i i really loved it the performances are fantastic too
0: now I had never seen any of her films before, okay. so I didn't have anything to compare to in that way. Um, so yeah, I it wasn't for me, but I understand you wouldn't. Enjoy it. I'm surprised <laughs> that you're number one, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like to me, I feel like there's a bunch of these comedies that are uh, at Sundance that are kind of trying to be Napoleon, the next Napoleon Dynamite. You know like trying to be quirky and weird and and whatever and and uh, and the thing that i think a lot of them forget at least to me is that in napoleon dynamite the characters napoleon is so easy to root for uh, he has all of these challenges but he just gets super excited about whatever is going on in his life and he's super d- loyal to his friends he's super loyal to uh his family and, uh, and and he's just super pumped about little things that, which makes him endearing for people who like the movie. And uh, he gets really excited about cheese and tater tots and, <laughs> and lip balm and that's just, that's appealing. That's, that's attractive in a character. And the thing about it, I just felt like, I felt like in the movie, first of all, they repeated the same jokes over and over and over again, which irritated me. Like the, uh, the joke about the soap on the wall yeah. Where I was just like okay it was kind of amusing the first time and then I felt like they rammed it into the ground of like okay I got it and then <gasps> I just felt like the characters were so unlikable and just so wow. mean and I, and I mean I, and I hated the ending <laughs> it was not for no. me
1: <laughs> oh my gosh well if it made everybody in the audience at Sundance was like oh my gosh I hated that movie I'm
0: like what's wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it has a really high Round Tomatoes score. So you're not alone, 89%.
1: It's weird. And I can like sit and watch it again today. Like I, I, I don't, I, it's one of those where I just, I don't know. I just, I just loved it. And I'd love for people to watch it and see yeah. what they do. But I do agree with you. One of the worst things about film festival movies in particular are ones that have forced quirkiness. And yeah. I didn't think this was really forced. That's just who the writer director is and I thought the cast did a great job as a family and they were a little mean a little you know mean grifters but it's weird it's almost like I've turned into this old lady this year because movies movies with some you know like soul and movies like that with some kind of just I, I can't articulate what I'm trying to say yeah. but just some kind of deeper meaning just really or just speaking to me this year for yeah. some reason and I think maybe that's what happened with that one.
0: Yeah. And I had some of those. I, I had, uh, well, it was interesting because I have a bunch in my top 20 that are some form of Armageddon slash dystopian, which oh. normally isn't my jam, but love and monsters. Mm-hmm. I have save yourselves, which was my favorite film from Sundance, uh, that I thought was so funny. Uh, and did you ever get to see that mm-hmm. save yourselves? Yeah. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, then farmageddon (laughs) (laughs) uh, and Dick Johnson is dead is all about death. And that's probably, I guess the quirky one out of Sundance that I responded to, uh, that, uh, that you have this, uh, this documentary about, uh, her kind of coming to grips with the uh the death of her father even though he's not dead yet but uh but the whole coming to terms with dis- dementia and also with death and uh it, it was a great experience at Sundance and she was incredible I loved Kirsten Johnson she like went up and down the was asking answering questions she was so great I wasn't able to see her father he was at Sundance so they yeah. showed pictures but he wasn't there for in Salt Lake uh, it was in park city. And I, I just, it really, it made me think about my grandma, my, both my grandmas passed away last year. And uh, so it was really close to me, this uh, sort of thinking about your grandparents and, and uh, I don't know, I, I really loved it. I thought that was great. So that was one that was kind of about deeper themes that I responded to. Mm-hmm. Um, I also you have spontaneous that's also really weird and um uh i also really enjoyed the personal history of david copperfield did you get to see that i did not see that one but i have read a lot about it yeah it kind of has a wes anderson-y kind of Mm -hmm. approach to a period piece it's there's some some creative different sort of choices to it uh, it's by director Armando In- Inanichi, um, who is really famous for comedies. He did In the Loop, uh, which, yeah, and The Death of Stalin. Okay. Um, so I really, I enjoyed it. And I think that people that don't like period pieces might have a shot of liking it. Okay. Not as <laughs> many of tries. other
1: two movies the director did. So I'm not, I'll give it a shot though. I'll give it a shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I also enjoyed a movie called The Truth. Um, This is by Hirokazu Kurida, who's a favorite director of mine. Uh, I think that, I mean, he's not underrated in the sense his movies always do really well with reviews, but I feel like he's never brought, brought out when... People are talking about the great auteur directors. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like he's never mentioned and his movies are are so lovely. And I mean, I I love Shoplifters uh, from, I think, 2018. Uh, Still Walking is so wonderful. Our Little Sister, Afterlife is really great. So he has just some incredible films. And this one is his first movie that he ever did in not in Japanese. It's in French. Uh, And it has Catherine Denevu and Juliette Binoche and uh, their mother daughter and she's just written this tell-all she's this actress she's written this tell-all and uh which it is highly fictionalized (laughs) so her daughter's like what how can you do this and so she's coming up to see her and it's very slice of life some people will think it's boring it doesn't have a ton of plot but ethan hawk i really love his performance in it He's 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 an actor, but he's like perfectly happy just being a working actor. Like he has no problem just like basically being in, in shows and you know whatever. Not like not to do anything great and hear his mother-in-law's this like oh you know like whatever actress. <laughs> and she's doing a, a Catherine Deneuve is is absolutely great in it. I think that she could get an Oscar nomination if they have a wide enough kind of search, <laughs> um, if they promote her enough. Uh, it's a really good performance and she's playing she's doing a movie at the same time where she's oh. playing a woman who's diagnosed she's going to die but she can go up into space where she can save basically like save her memories or whatever I don't know it's really convoluted but but <laughs> so at the same time that she's just written this book and she's dealing with her memories with her daughter she's making this movie and so it's I really enjoyed it i I thought it was great and uh, but you have to like that kind of slice of life or following these people kind of thing so that was one of my favorites I also really loved uh, what she said the art of Pauline Kale. and this is a documentary the documentary is just it's fine but like she's amazing so yeah. that's why to watch it it's just like a a normal documentary about her and her influence and as female critics uh, we all need to watch it, and you all should watch because she was incredible. <laughs> and I just, it really, watching the documentary, it made me feel like I could have my own voice again. Because after everything that happened with Shazam, there was a side of me that was kind of like, you know, a little shy, a little more scared. And to kind of, and and she watching her, she was just like, sounding music, terrible, like. <laughs>
1: that's right
0: I I really admire that and uh and so it's it's something I've been trying to kind of do more uh in the last since I saw it you know to try to follow her example because she was just so strong and secure in her opinion she does that she
1: definitely pioneered the way for those of us to like just let those unpopular opinions
0: out you know yeah yeah that's right that's right um yeah well let's see Where we at? uh so we're probably be wrapping up soon um a couple others that i i guess liked more than most i i liked valley girl i thought it was cute i thought instead of just doing a boring remake of you know valley girl they added music and i thought it made it fun i enjoyed it i saw it at the drive-in and uh, that's one thing i thought we talked a little bit about You've been able to go to the drive-in a few times, right?
1: Oh yeah, I love it. First time like ever in my life was after this whole thing started, and I've been all the time now. Love it. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the classic films you've gotten to see at the drive-in?
1: Oh, like um, you mean like from you know eighties, nineties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh my
0: gosh! So in the
1: summer they were doing Jaws. We went to see Jaws. That
0: was so good in the drive-in.
1: So much fun, right? So much fun. Um. We saw the Goonies, we saw Gremlins they showed. Um, at Halloween, they did the Evil Dead movies, which was really fun. Uh, right now, I think we were thinking of maybe going, because I'm fortunate enough to live in a warm climate, so our drive-in's still open here. We were gonna go do, I think they're doing Elf and Christmas Vacation tomorrow night, so I'll oh. of that. But it's, yeah. it's good to see those classic movies that you know by heart. Watching newer movies is a little
0: tougher. But I agree with you. I I think that because of the reflection and some other stuff on the screen, it is Mm -hmm. best to go see a movie, you know, really, really well at the drive-in. And so I, the first one that I saw there was Jurassic Park and this was in, in April, I think. And Mm -hmm. I had, so I'd been a month and a half or two months since I'd been to a movie and i was just bawling by the end of it because that's one of my favorite movies is dress park and i'll never forget that and i i I, on my insta story i was i i I tagged the the theater that had set it up and i said thank you so much this meant so much to me and i really appreciate because there was a make uh shift drive-in Mm-hmm. Uh, that they had done, that they have done, and they're still doing. um And so I saw Jurassic Park there, I saw Back to the Future there, and I saw ET there, and mm-hmm. that was just incredible. That was it, really good, and Jaws so good at the drive-in. That's so a perfect-
1: so fun, so fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree. Going back to the movies for the first time as at the drive-in, it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it feels normal. Like yeah, yeah, it was- right. Oh, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm-. it was trolls world tour or something just
0: horrible i went to see and i was so happy to be at the movies and have like a popcorn
1: and oh yeah. So-
0: <laughs> yeah and i think the valley girl if you're gonna see a new movie at the theater i think it's a pretty good one to see because it it's it's so much relying on music and nostalgia mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of the best as opposed to one that's really reliant on on imagery yeah. then you might miss like i saw the vast of night at it was actually a critic screening at the drive-in. I was like, this oh, is, how neat is that. <laughs> I know. And I really and I did enjoy the movie, but there were parts that were difficult to see because it's a very dark movie. And so mm-hmm. at the drive-in, it could be sometimes like what is happening? Uh, but that was an impressive little movie, especially once I got to see it again, because it's mm-hmm. just on Amazon Prime. And considering they made it for like no money uh that they uh that what they were able to produce is the kind of movie that yeah maybe it's not a masterpiece but i'm definitely gonna be very curious what these people make in the next their next movie it mm-hmm. was they're on my radar now and mm-hmm. they did a lot with a little so that's very impressive <laughs> it is it was
1: <laughs> very impressive what they did with so little yeah yeah
0: yeah you see very it so. yeah, oh, yeah 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 it was really good um Yeah, I also saw I was able to, I was able to see a bunch of movies uh, at the theater we've been lucky here in Utah to be pretty much open since June. Um, And I've been able to go safely. And most of the time there's honestly only two or three other people if that in the theater. but uh but yeah i've been able to see a lot of classics this year i saw monty python and the holy grail I, which was hilarious is my favorite comedy of all time i saw empire strikes back um the avengers the original 2012 i saw uh, the third uh, dragon movie how to train your dragon that was fun. with my niece that was fun we went to the drive-in for that uh i saw is my double header with jaws i saw irresistible the um steve carell oh yeah yeah that was disappointing oh i like uh, that one. oh I you did, did? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> and what was the last movie that you saw in theaters it before was the shut down
1: it was greed right, right. Oh, yeah so that's
0: steve the last movie steve. i saw yeah that's I never me. saw it, obviously.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely
0: recommend
1: it, but it's not horrible.
0: That's the hardest reviews to write. Do you agree that yes. when you're just kind of like it was okay?
1: Yes. It was fine. The ones I'm kind of indifferent about, the easiest <laughs> ones to write, I know I've told you this before, are the ones I just hate. It's just the <laughs> words just flow from me. <laughs> movies I really love, I take a lot longer because I want to give them jo- you know, Yeah. Do- the review but yeah it's those ones that are kind of you know I didn't <laughs> love it I didn't hate
0: it Man, eh, those are so hard to write and then because the the dichotomy of rotten tomatoes when you give something a rotten score that you're just kind of like eh, it was it was fine it was okay I didn't love it you know like when you when you give a rotten for that people are like how did you hate it and I'm like I didn't hate it it was it was just I don't know. I just think less worked than didn't work. I mean, the <laughs> less know. worked than did work. I'm sorry.
1: It's so hard to pick the fresh and rotten. It's yeah, so it out there. It's so hard. It's so so hard because I want to. I don't want to just kind of poo poo everybody's hard work on a movie. and mm-hmm. I sort of there was something sort of likable about it, but yeah, I. Yeah. I so hard for me too but no a rotten doesn't mean i hated it unless it's like one star But <laughs> <Then> i totally <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right. anyway so there we go uh let us know your favorites in the comment section or on twitter we'd love to hear your thoughts and so louisa how can people find you and your reviews and you on social media um
1: rotten tomatoes and screen uh twitter at Zealots, so
0: great Oh, yeah, check that out. I'll have all that in the description and you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And we'll be having many more end of the year videos coming up and uh, look forward to doing that in January. Make sure you're checking out the Hallmarkies podcast. We have interviews, including I have the director of Christmas Ever After if you want to check that out an interview. Uh, and I got to interview Fran Drescher, which was incredible. Uh, so you should check out Hallmarkies podcast for all of that and that would be great and thanks so much this was really fun to look back on this crazy year in the world of movies and I think considering it all we actually ended up having a pretty pretty fun eclectic year of movies considering (laughs) considering everything definitely so (laughs) all right well thanks so much and uh please uh, like this video please subscribe to the channel if you're listening in on itunes please leave your ratings and reviews we really appreciate that and also consider becoming a patron that helps us out so much and we also have our merch store which has tons of holiday inspired designs so we'd appreciate your you're taking a look over there. There's big sales the whole month long so thanks so much and we'll talk to you all later thanks so much lisa merry thanks christmas for having me bye everybody <laughs>